0: Hey, chiropractors and marketers, we are ready for another Modern Chiropractic Marketing Show with Dr. Kevin Christie, where we discuss the latest in marketing strategies, content marketing, direct response marketing, and business development with some of the leading experts in the industry. Hey, docs, welcome to another episode of the Modern Chiropractic Marketing Show. This is your host, Dr. Kevin Christie. And today, I'm fortunate enough to have Dr. Andy Cook on our interview today, where we're going to discuss what it's like to be more of a newer doc and some of the, um, you know, the struggles, some of the, the wins and some of the grow, growing pains that younger docs have. And so I think what we end up discussing pertains to everybody, whether you are a seasoned doctor or new or even a student. If you are a student, I highly recommend this because you're, you're going to be coming out to the, the real world soon. But over this 40 minute or so, interview, there's a lot of nuggets uh, for all types of, of chiropractors. And Andy's been part of this mastermind group that I'm in. So we've gotten to know each other. He's doing a lot of good things and he's candid. And I really enjoyed this conversation uh, with him and he's based out of Minneapolis and he's a uh, co-owner of Twin Cities Movement, Chiropractic and Rehabilitation. And he's graduated in uh, November of 2015. So he's in that, you know, first few year window and he breaks down some of the, the pros and cons of, uh, I shouldn't say pros and cons, some of the ups and downs of what he's gone through over the few years. And it's a, it's a really good, uh, nice interview with him. So uh, before we dive into that, uh, I want to Uh, mentioned one of the wins for the week. We just got off of Ford KC, which was at the Cleveland Chiropractic College in Kansas City, and it was just an amazing time. Really enjoyed a lot of it, met a lot of great people, was able to present. uh, Just overall, uh, an amazing experience and looking forward to some of the future ones. I I highly recommend you check out FordThinkingChiro.com. If you weren't able to make this one, put it on your things to do list for, for next year and then just check out the the group, the Facebook group, a lot of good things going on there and had just a an, an awesome time. Really couldn't have been any better and really loved it. So that was our win for the week. Uh, the obstacle that we're dealing with right now is the summer months in South Florida, June, July, August. Uh, this So far in uh, May, we've had a ton of rain and a lot of the snowbirds have left. So it's been kind of a double whammy, but that's to, to be expected. Uh, as a business owner in South Florida, you typically always prepare for the summer months and try to negate it as best as you can. And we do that with some of the marketing strategies. You know, like this time of year, I'll probably spend less money each month on some of the ancillary things uh, of running a business or some of the optional things like redesigning a website or anything like that and focus it more on to some direct response marketing and getting out there, uh, kind of boots on the ground networking, uh, things of that nature to to stave off that. So that's the obstacle we're facing now. Face it every year. Nothing new, nothing surprising, but it is an obstacle uh, nonetheless. As far as the Facebook highlight, I posted a question about Uh, signage and I had a lot of good responses and it is interesting kind of situation I am I I do own my office suite I'm in a medical condo type of uh, plaza it's mostly all doctors there's currently probably 20 businesses in there I am the president of the condo board and then we have we have a three-member board of a president vice president and just a, a member And so we are tasked with working with the association on different things and projects. And frankly, I took over the presidency and and we removed someone from the board because they kind of over 20 years were doing not much. And just uh, it was a a bad situation that I, I won't get into. But the topic of the Facebook question was signage. So we currently have a monument sign on Military Trail that has four businesses and the address on there is pretty poor. The sign is old. Uh, you know, it's just a, not a good one compared to especially some of the businesses around us. So one of the desires we have as an association, as a board, is to upgrade that. And as we dug into it, there was uh, essentially no reason as to why the four names are on there, no cost. It basically just was kind of a first come, first serve years ago. And so we're trying to figure out how to do that because one of the businesses is no longer in business. And so there's one spot available. I had the opportunity to to get that at the time for free, but then obviously it was brought up and the vice president wants to make money uh, for the board, not for himself. So it's not like he's being selfish, but for the condo association, he wants to make money. And I get that. And But he wanted to charge people like $500 a month. So I posted that, you know, like, is that worth it? And I, you know, my, part of my question on there was, as the president for the other owners, like is that fair to charge them that amount? And then from a selfish standpoint, if I do get that one signed spot available, uh, would it be worth five hundred dollars a month as a as a chiropractor? And so a lot of a lot of good information on there. Obviously, most people, I think everybody agreed that 500 per month was just uh, way too much money, not worth it, especially in today's day and age. Uh, one of the other docs that's familiar with my area uh, mentioned that uh, there's no red light by my street. It's a pretty high speed street, and people aren't stopping. And being in Boca Raton, Florida, uh, it's a you know it's definitely a, a high affluence area. And people aren't doctor shopping because of a sign. It's more about finding the sign to get your directions there. So to make a long story short, uh, I'm definitely going to submit a proposal because, again, as the president, I'm going to submit one that's much less than that. Probably start out with maybe like a one-time fee instead of this monthly stuff. And so maybe it'll be more worthwhile and fair to that regards. But the topic of it was signage, its usefulness. A lot of people agree nowadays with good modern marketing. Uh, you can do a ton of exposure without street signage and street signage is not going to make or break your practice. If it's a good situation and there's other variables that do align, cause I think there's a lot of variables to it. Maybe it makes sense, but, uh, definitely do not spend a lot of money or continuous money like monthly on that. So it was a pretty good commented post and a lot of people had a lot of good sage advice. So I do uh, appreciate that. All right. So without further ado, here's my episode with Dr. Andy Cook, and I will see you next week. All right, Andy, welcome to the show today. I really appreciate your time. You know, it's been a a while since I've had someone on the show that uh, is kind of early on into, very early on to their career, and I'm excited to have that. I think some of us that have been out for a while forget some of the early struggles, or potentially we're still going through the early struggles struggles 10, 15 years later. And then I know we also have a lot of students that that listen, and so they can kind of get an idea. Of what to expect. So I do appreciate you coming on to the show, spending some of your time on a a Thursday here. So before we dive into some of the meat and potatoes of it, tell us a little bit about yourself, both personally and professionally.
1: Okay. Well, first of all, thank you, Kevin, for having me on. I've probably listened to every episode of this podcast. It's been really great. So definitely uh, critical in the formation of any marketing plan that I've put together so far. So I graduated in November, 2015, started Twin Cities Movement, I don't know, probably six months later, it's we've been open for just around two years now, very, very bootstrap sort of a situation, not a lot of money to start up very, very small space. We started out in an executive suite and lasted there for about six months and then networked my way into a space in a gym. That's where we are now and probably where we're going to be for the next year or so, depending on things
0: perfect yeah are you originally from that area or did you just move there from school
1: i grew up in st paul so i I went to northwestern because i live in minnesota
0: gotcha (laughs) all right perfect yeah proximity yeah i almost made that mistake of prox (laughs) of per now not of your school but of proximity because i i'm from south florida originally went to uh Florida State University, and at the time, this was in, you know, 2001, when I was choosing my chiropractic school, I was just going to go to life in Atlanta, because at the time, that was the closest one. There was none in Florida, mm-hmm. but I had a couple of chiropractors tell me like something was going on. So I went and checked out Logan, liked it, went there. And then I think the second week of my first semester was when life lost their accreditation at that time. Yeah. And, uh, so I, I dodged that bullet, but I have a lot of friends that did have to move, uh, you know, right away. So it was, a uh, uh, lucky for me.
1: Yeah. That's it's pretty brutal. I, I feel like I got pretty lucky. Northwestern stands fairly on the evidence-based spectrum, the evidence-based side of things. So I kind of lucked into it in that regard. Yeah,
0: no, I'm getting a lot of students reach out to me from the school and it seems like they're pretty well prepared. And so that's exciting. So, mm-hmm.
1: yep.
0: All right, let's uh, jump in a little bit, you know, as as a newer doc, you know, what's one of the aspects of, of growing your practice uh, that you are, you know, most excited about that you've either experienced or you're about to dive into it?
1: I feel like we've gone through several iterations of planning. Like we started with, I had an idea and then I put it on paper and then I figured out a more effective way of putting it on paper and then still another effective way of putting it on paper. So what I'm excited about at this point, cause I'm finally at a point where we really like what we have going on. Things are pretty consistent and things are pre- not as far as business, but, but our, our message is, is consistent. And so we're putting a lot of systems together. We're using our time well. Uh, while we don't see a ton of patients, to put a lot of systems together. And and I'm excited to see them work. Like um, whether we're performing the tasks or not, I'm excited to see kind of working like a well-oiled machine, basically.
0: Yeah, that's when you want to start it. You know, I think too many people – and I I kind of fell victim to this a little bit, but I'll give myself some credit. But a lot of people have to try to retrofit their systems to their busy – mature practice and it gets more difficult to, to do that. So if you can start out of the gates with it, not mm-hmm. only will it help you grow more efficiently, but it's you'll you'll save the headache of having to try to retrofit it.
1: Right. Yeah. I can only imagine doing the things that we're doing now, like when I have patients, you know, or when I yeah. see more than, more than X number of patients per week. So,
0: yeah. yeah I, absolutely. You know, and I had a very similar start as you, it sounds like, where um, I did go into an associate for about a year and a half. So I had a kind of a, a traditional clinic, Setting there, but then I did run into a partnership and and did that for about three years inside of a gym with one treatment room. So I mm-hmm. uh, started with that and then and, and just kept on growing, refining my my marketing, my my systems, networking, just and and just added. You know, I bootstrapped until I could continue to grow to a point where then I. Got into a higher overhead type of situation, but once my patient base could sustain that, mm-hmm. so I yep. grew into it. So uh, I think you're on a, a good path.
1: Yeah, I'm. I'm glad to hear you say that. I, I listened to your story a few times. I've heard you say that a few times, and I'm definitely. It gives me a peace of mind that I'm probably doing at least a couple things right.
0: Yeah, I mean, some of the benefits are obviously is lower overhead, and you know, if you start to get your patient base at a number that's bringing in some, you know nice profits i think i heard someone say it pretty well as far as the um having that delayed gratification as well i think sometimes people want to have all the bells and whistles right away and Mm -hmm. have their own big, huge clinic with everything under the sun, but they run themselves into the ground with the overhead. So if you can, you know, save some of the money and not spend it on personal life things and just kind of play the long game with it, uh, you'll find yourself in a situation where you will be able to at some point have your dream practice situation. You know, I know for me, uh, I left the gym, In 2010, opened up my own practice inside of an orthopedic office. So it was a similar type of thing where I was uh, kind of like a pod doc, where I was renting a space and then a second. I was renting one room and then down the road a second room inside of an orthopedic office, keeping my overhead low, saving money, and then finally in 2013, I was able to take that money and, and purchase my my own office real estate. And kind of build that practice of my dreams yeah. for that. So yeah, uh, nice. no, I think you're on a on a good path with that. So that's exciting. I think systems, you know, is a big part of not only running your practice but also your marketing strategy.
1: Oh yeah, yes, absolutely. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but uh, all right, so you know that's what you're excited about, and, and it sounds like you're on on the right path. I know you and I uh, converse quite a bit through um, that Slack mastermind mm-hmm. that we're in, and so I got a pretty good idea of some of the things you're working on from that perspective. Um, but on the flip side of things, you know, what are a couple of struggles that you have faced in, in launching and growing your your practice?
1: Well, I guess I'll go back to the fact that I've gone through like three iterations of what my messaging should be and everything like that. So knowing where to start was probably the biggest thing. We hired a designer to do brand design because I wanted – a brand that could transcend me personally and my location so that I, if if I wanted to, I could expand, I could have multiple locations and maybe even in different cities and things like that, or, you know, build it and then sell it. Like all of these things, I kind of wanted to be sort of detached from that. So we had a brand designer to start it off. And, and that was, I mean, I'm happy with what I came up with there. And I, uh, I, I can do a lot with it. But then he, he did our website too. And that was like, he's not a website guy. So he's done websites, but he's not a website guy. So it was a functionally, relatively useless website. And so, I don't know, spent a few couple grand on that. I spent a lot of hours of my own time about a year later putting it together in the way that I wanted it. Like it's it's just as pretty as it was before, but now it's actually a functional website and I can change things a lot with it. So... I've I've redone our website twice. So I, I did it the first time, and then I read Storybrand, and then read it again, like completely after after Storybrand was introduced to me. I think the other thing that I've struggled with is, is I'm kind of you know a quote unquote introvert or a shy person, or so I hit the online stuff really hard because that was easy for me, and I didn't do a lot of live marketing, a lot of events. I didn't really put myself out there quite as much. And that's, I mean, I am absolutely certain that that's kind of had a lot to do with, with, you know, the relative slow growth that we've had. And, you know, it's a year, it's a year or two like that, that has a lot to do with the fact that it's slow as well. But I did it that way for a reason. I wanted to kind of create a big bucket that I could put people in as I met them and things like that. And I think I've done an okay job of that now that I am focusing a lot more on external marketing events and things like
0: that. Yeah. I want to touch on that for a minute because I think it's an important point. I, over the years, chiropractic has had obviously different ebbs and flows as far as the realities of it. You know, and you, we hear a lot about the Mercedes 80s and some of those docs just killing it with insurance 80s and 90s. So they felt a lot of those guys and gals fell into a problem, though, once the, the carpet was pulled out from underneath them. They didn't have any real skill set clinically or from a marketing networking standpoint. So then once the revenue just really decreased, they, they struggled. And I know like when I go to some of these CE conferences in Florida and it's a lot of these old time docs, all they do is bitch and moan and complain (laughs) about insurance reimbursement and how it used to be. And like, so they never really a lot of them again i'm speaking in generalizations but a, a lot of them never developed the networking marketing and clinical chops to actually sustain a a real practice and so they struggled and then you had the group where like i kind of fall into which i i remember early on was you know graduating in 2005 you still heard a lot more about the Mercedes 80s, and it wasn't that far removed you know, into the mid-90s. And you kind of were disappointed that you didn't live that time frame as a, as a chiropractor. But I think looking back on it now, it was a good time because I knew that the insurance situation was not good. I knew that I had to uh, make a name for myself, and I didn't have social media, and I didn't have a lot of the like, Google things of that nature to really drive a practice. So you really, if you were going to survive, you were going to do it by networking mm. and making a lot of connections. And And I will say I tend to be an introvert, but I can, I can definitely talk to people and I can communicate. And I'm pretty good at networking and building relationships overall. And I learned a lot of that from having to do it from probably 2005 to present, but really hit it hard 2005 to 2012. Mm-hmm. And then I... I was fortunate enough to realize that I needed to get into the social media and the marketing and digital online marketing game so I've obviously done a lot with that. Mm-hmm. So I feel like I kind of hit the sweet spot with that where I'm I've developed a lot of networking relationship skills and do that still. And then I think what happens is you got the young group like yourself that come out then you, I think it's twofold. One is you tend to be more, and again, this is generalization, but tend to be more techie mm-hmm. and able and capable of doing it on your own. And then you're hearing from everybody else online about how social media and YouTube and all these different things are the way to grow your practice. And so you kind of hit your wagon to that, where it's, I'm going to do everything online. I'm going to do everything digitally. Mm-hmm. And you forget, you forget that people part of it. Uh-huh. and that networking part of it. So I I think for the younger doc is you got to really find that happy marriage between the online and the offline. And I know I've talked about that quite a few times and different things to do that. So it's just something that I've kind of realized that I've been able to speak to a lot of older chiropractors, chiropractors in my kind of age group. Uh, I'm I'm about 13 years out of school now. And then the ones that have been about five years or less, give or take, mm-hmm. I feel like that's a kind of what I'm seeing a little bit.
1: Right. I uh, recently listened to, and sort of to this point, I recently listened to Bobby Mabey's uh, FTCA podcast about the Quick Start podcast. That was, you know, based off of another discussion that we had had recently, and again, that Slack mastermind. But that was like we got just golden ideas that we had never thought about and it was all external marketing. So like, I mean, having, having somebody that's been out for that long, basically talking about, you know, how to really start quickly. Like it's, it was all get out there and meet people. You know, we've since gotten many and many implemented many, many, many of those, of those ideas. So
0: perfect. Yeah, that's good. You know, it's one of the things that I would say over the last couple of years, I've fallen off a little bit on, but, Mm -hmm. but my, my practice is pretty mature and I get, quite a bit of referrals and, and and our marketing is solid. So it's made up for it, but I, I, I'm actually trying to get a little more into it. Um, but what ends up happening, you'll find is it builds upon itself. It's like, just, there'll be naturally so many opportunities. Like I forgot about something that's, it's a, I'm a sponsor of a triathlon group down here and I completely forgot about it, but they're having a big, like a happy hour thing tonight. And so I was like, oh, I'll go to that. And so just a lot of things pop up. And once right. you get into the once you get in the mix of networking, you end up finding that there's there ends up being like two or three things you can do per week. Right. Um, not that you have to do that many, but it you know the more the merrier. I think I think it all depends on to your life, right? Like if you're 27 and single, then you probably can network five nights a week. Right. And, call, <laughs> and, and maybe call it dating too, right? Yeah. But if yes. you if you got kids and spouses and things like that, you'll have to obviously choose your networking wisely. Um, Mm -hmm. uh, There's no doubt about that. So uh, good. I'm glad you guys are getting into the networking thing. I I think you'll see a a lot of return on that. And that's the one thing I wish people would realize, like, I love marketing and I'm big into it, but there's Mm -hmm. no substitution for the networking as well.
1: No, we definitely, we already have, like, it's probably been two months and we've already, again, like you say, we find two or three different social events and things that we can do just by visiting businesses and and things like that. We get invited to, uh, there's a lot of running stores near us, so we get invited to their run clubs and Mm -hmm. stuff like that pretty frequently. So
0: now imagine applying, the messaging that you're getting clear on. That's that's
1: yeah. I'm I'm excited. I'm excited for the next six months, especially it's nice out here in Minnesota. People are getting active. This is when we see more people, I think anyways, so I'm I'm pretty pretty amped about it.
0: Cool, that's awesome. It sounds like you're getting your online and your offline kind of meshed together, and you'll yeah you'll see the the return on that. So um, mm-hmm. what is you know let's put networking aside, but so what is one of the a big marketing aspect or project that you want to uh, implement for your for your practice? Uh, something that you're not doing right now, but you know it's on the horizon, and you really want to wrap your mind around it.
1: Uh, I would say that. It is something that I am currently working on actually, but it's filling up everything at this point. So I expect that it's going to be a work in progress for a long time. But we're, you know, we're decorating the office internally and externally to kind of be this, this consistent message that we have. And, you know, all of our brochures we're putting together in this way. And, uh, you know, we've made a banner that matches this thing to bring to live events. In this brochure, there's also a call to action to set up. Uh, to get one of our online courses so that we can hopefully literally connect online and offline and and get people's email addresses just from that. So all of these things, I'm, I'm excited about everything kind of acting in the same funnel, I guess, for lack of a better term, where it kind of it all filters towards the one thing where we are we've decided to kind of focus entirely on back pain for now just because, I mean, there's going to be a lot of sports injuries. We'll probably see them here and there and we we work with them to good effect. But I think hearing a lot of people talk about how you just consistently hammer on one thing, like I think back pain is a pretty, pretty low hanging fruit for it. It is. And so we've decided to to just really hit that. And then, you know, from there, we're in a gym. So naturally we're going to get a lot of other stuff as well. But so that's everything is very very straightforward and concise and we're confident that we're going to be able to you know see some results from it.
0: Yeah, you know it's it's interesting because obviously I believe in niche marketing and I would say that you could niche in different fashions but I've I've always said is if I wanted to just turn into like a back pain institute and brand that and market that and target that I would probably have just as busy if not maybe even busier practice mm-hmm. because i mean it's such a good market and if you could really niche that and and sift through kind of all the garbage that's out there and really be the conservative approach that people seek it's it's great cuz i mean it's everybody has one Ooh. everybody At some point, uh, is going to deal with some kind of problem. It's always concerning. It, it's it's definitely a a market for it. So you're you're in the right area.
1: (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah, it seems to be something that people it it puts people out more. Like we started when we do these online courses as our clickbait essentially. Yeah, the first one we did was neck pain, and it was based on the fact that a lot of Google searches were for neck pain in the area. So we did that one first. You know, it didn't get a lot, and I think I kind of. Put it down to, and I've heard a lot of people say this that people live with neck pain. Like everybody has neck pain, but it's not something that necessarily lays you out. Like it's not something that quite prevents you from doing everything the way that low back pain does. And so I think that that's going to be kind of just a bigger draw.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. There's no doubt about it. Cool. That sounds good. And it sounds like you're really putting together kind of your front stage as well, where you're, you know, you want that patient experience to be good on point. Yes. Yeah. And if you can do that with not only, you know, decor and, and your systems that you're talking about and your messaging, now you've got a a fertile ground for better retention, better referral referrals. Mm -hmm. I mean, all kinds of different things it opens up to. So I think it goes without saying that having that good front stage to where people see that and, and feel like they're getting quality care in a quality place can really help.
1: Yep. Yeah. It, it definitely has, you know, a lot of the systems that we have are kind of based around that as far as like we have email automation for uh, getting Google reviews or getting Facebook reviews and, and this and that, like these are things that we've, we've gotten. We're the, on the first page of Google for Uptown Minneapolis chiropractor, which is, you know, we're just out of the gates and there are like seven other chiropractors in Uptown. So <laughs> at the very least.
0: No, yeah, no, it's hard, you know, but it's one of those things. Obviously, we get a lot of publicity on social media, and everybody talks about that. But Google's still the king. I think so. And if you can have the trifecta of good content being produced that catches the eyes of of Google, if you can have really good Google reviews, uh, that really goes a long way. I've heard from a few people if you can get into that thirty and above. Um, that gets, becomes like the magic number. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, and then once you have a little more money financially, resu- you know, some resources, some paid Google ads uh, can go a long way as well. So um, yeah. yeah, keep at it, keep doing it and you'll, yep. you'll get there.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. That's, that's right about where we're at. That's right about where we're at. So and we're, that's what we're finding too. Like I think we hit 37 and 38 Google reviews and suddenly we started getting more people from yeah. Google Yeah, that was just organic searches. So everything's like making a a noticeable difference. It's weird. It's a very strange thing.
0: <laughs> it adds up. It adds up. It
1: certainly does. And that's that's what we're counting on. <laughs> yeah.
0: And then you'll get the momentum, right? Like then, you know, people get a little concerned about being able to create content, but then once you start doing it regularly, then you have the momentum. And then once you start adding certain things, it becomes easier. And all of a sudden you realize a couple of years down the road, you're like, Well, wow, I've got a pretty full fledged practice that has systems and it's got clear messaging and and you got a real business, right? Like that's, I think one of the the big things is now you have a real actual business that's scalable and and sellable at some point. And so that's good.
1: Yeah. I was actually just thinking while I was kind of planning this conversation, uh, I listened to the episode that you had recently talking about the flywheel effect. And that was, I was pretty much able to plug a couple of the things that we've done, like right into that, as far as our social media and content production, where now I have a couple of VA's who do that for me, we just kind of make the videos and then we get like four posts and a blog post a week. And then I don't know, like tons and tons of stuff. And it's kind of running itself at this point It's really the coolest thing. It yeah.
0: is. And that's, and that's where, you know, you've got a good content marketing strategy going is, right. and then what can happen too? like, I ran into this and I usually run into this one or two times a year where, so for me in January, February, I've got the NFL combine stuff that I do and I'm mm-hmm. in charge of like the health of like 50 college football players. They come from all over the country down here. Yeah. So I really just didn't have a lot of time. And and at that same time, I was doing the that virtual marketing summit and putting that together. Yep. So like I just didn't have a lot of time to create content for my private practice. But I had so much content from the past that I was able to repurpose that no, like no one in my community really would have noticed any difference. Right. Right, right. And so that's that flywheel effect. And once you get in action, whether it's um, networking, marketing, content marketing, building out your systems, you'll you'll get that momentum going and it becomes easier, becomes easier
1: keep lots of plates
0: spinning at the same yeah, time. Yeah, it does. Absolutely. So yeah, and then, uh, then when you have more money coming in and more profits, then you just you can obviously uh, delegate out. So it yep, becomes yep. easier. But
1: mm-hmm.
0: all right, cool. So what's uh what's one question that you may have for me, you know, anything that you can think of that I could help with?
1: Yeah. How in the world can I stop spending thirty minutes with somebody?
0: <laughs> <laughs> you can.
1: Uh, no I, I feel like hiring somebody is, is gonna be up there. Yeah. But no, honestly, I'm excited about the prospect of the virtual summit. Like, so the virtual marketing summit was was awesome. Thank and you. We got tons from it. So, I'm looking forward to. I don't know if you're releasing publicly the one that you're doing for your community, mm-hmm. but I'm kind of looking forward to something along those lines. Like, I want to implement like the sort of Facebook Live plan that you came up with last year. That was that was I think the first episode of this show that I heard. And that was like mind blowing. Right. So we tried that and and it was really cool. But like, I don't know, marketing at the same time that you're trying to do that or or rather networking at the same time that you're trying to do that proved to be very, very difficult. Mm -hmm. So but the virtual summit seems kind of like a natural kind of a natural exception uh, extension to that. I don't know how I've heard you say a lot about production calendars and things like that. But you know, what is a what is an effective way of kind of implementing that, like meeting people at the same time that you are essentially asking them to go on social media with you?
0: Yeah. So you know, like, with the – let me answer the first one real quick. Um, yeah. <laughs> no, I, I don't – you know, obviously I think with the 30 minutes thing, just real quick, I, obviously people come in for results. And right. so I think it goes back to delegating as well um, to where, you know, in my practice patients come in and they get all the things. But what mm-hmm. they get for me is the exam, the adjustment, and the soft tissue. And mm-hmm. one of my goals in the, in the not-too-distant future is to even delegate out the soft tissue. And then down the road, 10 years from now, maybe delegate all of that out. I don't know right. yet. But you can just start paring it down. But again, first and foremost is, is that you'll get more efficient and obviously get results and then you just start to delegate out, but we won't, we won't harp too much on that one. (laughs) But as far as, you know, the, the virtual summit, yes. So let's kind of backtrack a little bit. The Facebook live stuff, I've done those and I think it's really good. I think if it's someone that's got more time on their hands, they can do it monthly for sure. I think uh, someone that's a busy practitioner and has to, split up some time, treating a lot of patients and doing other things and networking. I think if you got like four to six of the Facebook live parts done, like if you got those done in a year, that would be a pretty good number. Okay. All right. Like, so I don't think it needs to be a, a monthly thing. Um, sure. you know, I, I definitely got more efficient at it. I haven't done one in a few months because of some of the other things that I've been doing. And yeah. then like you mentioned, as far as the virtual summit being an extension of that. Yes, and that's why I had planned on doing a Facebook Live one, interview the whole thing this month and next and then I decided, you know, I'm going to do the virtual summit around the uh injury prevention for triathletes. And so uh what I'm going to do with that one is it's it's a lot easier actually. I shouldn't say no, it's not a lot easier. It's it's part of it is easier than the Facebook Live and part of it's not as easy. But mm-hmm. what makes it easier, and what I'm going to do is, I've picked out eight experts within the triathlon world. You know, a shoe fitting expert, uh, a cycling, uh, bike fitting type of expert, a running coach, myself. In total, I'm going to have eight presentations, eight okay. experts, and I kind of decided, okay, what if I was a mid-level triathlete? What are the things that I would want to know about injury prevention? And that's how I I picked the eight. Some of these okay. I knew and some of them I didn't as far as the eight experts, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's nice to have a good mix because some of these I would not want to leave out, right? Because they refer me people all the time. So imagine right. imagine if yeah. I like let, you know, I, I said to myself, I was like, I want to meet eight new experts and not you. Yeah. Know, and so in, instead of going to the shoe expert that sends me all these people and I send to him, I go to another one. Now he's going to be pissed off, right? Right. Rightfully so. So you got to mm-hmm. take that. I would take your strong relationships within that niche and make them the expert guests on it. And then wherever you're missing experts, then you find who the experts are. And a lot of times you can find them to that person. You know, like maybe you don't know yeah. who a, a good bike fitting person is, but I'm sure like the shoe person knows or one right. of your patients knows or the triathlon group locally. So, you, you know, you pick the eight and then from there you have them with a topic. And I'm going to encourage them to record a presentation on their own. But if they really want me to interview them, I will. And then I've got to couple that to where they're partners, right? Like for instance, there's a, a really good little gym down the street, and they're they're going to be my expert on you know fitness for triathletes. So they're going to do a combo deal together. So it'll be the two of them, and they'll they'll submit the video to me, right? Uh, I want to get the videos done by a certain date, you know, at least 30 days prior, but about 45 days, I'm going to really start working on the marketing side of things. And usually a couple weeks of behind the scenes and putting together the virtual summit with the software, which is actually pretty user friendly. And then I'm going to hit it for hard for a month on promoting it. And so promoting it will be, uh, through Facebook ads, through emails, all the different things that I do in my practice, but then also encouraging my experts to market it and promote it through their contacts. Right. So now you get that, um, exponential marketing growth from that. Right.
1: Absolutely. Are you using it for lead generation or are you, are you going to be selling it? I'm not going to sell this. Uh, no?
0: So like obviously I had the upsell for the virtual marketing summit. It, yep. it was free. And then there was the upsell. I'm not going to have an upsell because frankly, sure. that's not where I don't think where the money is uh, right. for this. I always have two schools mm-hmm. of thought, whether it's doing ergonomic assessments at companies or if it's doing this. One is I mm-hmm. either need to get paid directly for the work I'm doing,
1: mm-hmm.
0: or I know that it's going to be a, a marketing aspect of my practice. Right.
1: Yeah, so yeah.
0: if a company is two miles down the road and they want me to come talk, I'm not going to charge them for that. Right. right? I'm yeah. going to do it for free. If mm-hmm. it's a company that wants me to fly and do a truck driving right along, like I did in Kansas city last mm-hmm. year, I'm going to charge a lot for that. So I take that into consideration, but for this, I will not charge. There won't be any upgrades. And, mm-hmm. and my goal is, is, is lead generation, right? Getting emails. No like, and trust and, right. and kind of that, authority. yeah, yeah, exactly. Establish yeah. that authority yeah. in there. And then the reciprocity of those eight experts that are going to be more prone to refer me business. And so it's a, I think it's a great way of doing it. And now I get, you know, some people's like, oh, it seems like a lot of work and stuff. And I was like, you know, it's actually not that bad. The first time's harder. And after that's not too bad, but mm-hmm. how do you differentiate yourself in your community? Right. Right.
1: Yeah. In ours it's very critical too. Like in mean, Minneapolis. Like we uh, they're a big are, city, yeah. Not only is there a chiropractor well a chiropractic school, but there's I mean there's a lot of people. So no, <laughs> I,
0: Yeah. So it's just a, a way, a fresh way of of mm-hmm. getting really good content out yeah. that is going to be in my opinion, I mean if it goes like anything like the virtual marketing summit did, it's gonna be successful and it's gonna um, really help get a lot of exposure. And then when you start to just add up those things, like if you imagine if you did in one year, if you did four Facebook live interview projects, right? So you did, Mm -hmm. and they usually take a month to do, and it gives you about six weeks of content, which is amazing, right? So imagine if you did one of those in January, now you've got content until mid-February. Right. All right. And now let's say you did another one in March and, Mm -hmm. and then in June- you do a a virtual summit around some niche that's good yeah. right and then you did you follow that up with another facebook live and so let's say you did four facebook lives and then you did one virtual summit i do think you can do two but you just did mm-hmm. one right so that's five things that basically produces a year's worth of content. (laughs) Yeah, it's pretty great. So it's not that hard, right?
1: No, no, not at all. No, it's just, I mean, planning effectively is really the long and short of it and the sound of it. Yes. I still, I try to plan six months down the road, but it's very, very hard for me to do that so far.
0: No, it can be, but it's also going to be fluid. And I I try to get that across too. Like when I developed my 2018 strategy, a lot of it went out the window as far Mm -hmm. as the month of May into June, because like I'm going back to what we said earlier, I'm retrofitting all all this new messaging that we're learning from the story brand stuff. So like I've, I've basically had, you know, developed the one liner, changing up the website messaging, changing up the business cards, our brochures, welcome letters, like, just like, so I'm spending time and, and resources on that. But I felt like you know what this is information that I didn't know before. So when I sat out in December to write 2018, I couldn't foresee that. So you don't want to be writing your your marketing plan in stone. And so yeah, like it you plan and you have a plan, but you also need to be able to maneuver and and be agile, right? Mm-hmm. And so yep. this this um, messaging part of it was me attempting to be agile. It's taking it. it once you're a bigger ship, it, it's not as as easy. To no. do. So, cause I'm trying to do it for, <laughs> for our Boca our Miami office and then it's just,
1: yeah. Oh, yeah.
0: So, yeah, but I think you can do it and just try to plan as best as you can and, 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 you, mm-hmm. and you'll be able to achieve that, but I'll definitely keep you and, and everybody else informed as a progress. I, I actually just finally set the date to do it July 11th. And then, Mm -hmm. so now I, and I had already finished the prep for it. So like I put together a nice document with my clinic's logo and everything. And this Mm -hmm. will be the document that I send to those eight experts to where it makes their life as easy as possible. Right. Like really nice
1: questions. (laughs) Well,
0: yeah. And here's the topic. And this is the type of, you know, like audio you should look into, like, just make it as easy as possible, make it look professional. So they also feel like, wow, this, they really know what they're doing. And then I'm going to obviously work on the marketing of it.
1: Yep. Awesome. Cool. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you.
0: All right. Last question for you. Uh, what does modern marketing mean to you?
1: So I've. this is the question that I thought about for like a week and a half because, again, listen listened to your podcast for a while. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I do like the consistency of responses about using all of the tools at our disposal because we've obviously discussed several tools that we have at our disposal. But again, that's that's a consistent response. So I wanted at least something slightly different. But I feel that, that the tools are useless unless you have a plan, like what you're talking about, where you have this idea and you have a way to share this message. Um, and I think that a lot of the a lot of the business and marketing mentors that are coming out and and giving their time and information for free, like there is all this information that we can take from and and make our own and utilize in different ways. And I think that that's fantastic. So I think that um, consistency of message is what modern or what modern marketing is in general it's like, Having everything that you do and everything that you say and everything that you have printed and everything be a consistent message that nobody is going to confuse and that everybody is going to understand. I think that that's – and care about and you know feel that they should be a part of or that they should you know uh, want the results that you're offering or want the change that you're offering.
0: Yeah, that's one of the better answers I've gotten because that's the big thing is it's not like the old days where you had to throw ads, 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 and you just – it was like all kinds of push – push 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 it's become now where the consumer is uh, aware of that type of stuff right oh yeah Big time. they are and so you're diff- you're dealing with a different animal now mm-hmm. and the modern marketing has to reflect that and i mm-hmm. also think when you apply it to being a professional and being in healthcare is that this type of marketing that we're discussing and that i've tried to to discuss in the podcast is really congruent with being a doctor, right? Like I think, I think content marketing is kind of a form of invisible marketing. And so Mm -hmm. your patients and your community just think that you're being unbelievably useful and not a pain in the ass salesman. (laughs) So, so yeah, I think that's kind of the the key.
1: Awesome. Awesome.
0: All right. So I really appreciate your time. Any last parting shots or anything like that?
1: Uh no I don't think so. I like your I like the uh the agility thing. That was something that I came up with a little bit about how um how I feel I have been able to we the clinic yeah. has been able to to like we've been able to stay on our toes pretty effectively. We have this plan as a framework as something that to we get to fall back on, but we can react very, very quickly if we need to. And we have, you know, we have all this data at our disposal that we can you know, base this information on. It's really, really cool.
0: Yeah. You know, that's a big part of it because that's one of the there's pros and cons of being a newer doc. And one of the pros is that agility is useful and you can really benefit from that versus some of the bigger clinics, because like what happens sometimes with these bigger clinics, if one of the big insurance plans tanks, or mm-hmm. personal injury changes, or the doctor gets hurt, like whatever it may be, they they're not agile and they can't respond, and, and they sadly they go by the wayside.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't want that to happen. So. No, no,
0: you're doing you're on the start. So, all right, perfect. Why, well, I, I appreciate your time today. I'm sure you and I will be catching up frequently. And uh, am I going to see you in Kansas City?
1: I will be in Kansas City. I definitely am looking forward to that.
0: All right, we'll see you then. We'll have a beer.
1: Thank you so much.
0: Thank you for listening to another episode of the Modern Chiropractic Marketing Show with Dr. Kevin Christie. Tune in next week for another episode that will enhance your marketing, business, and practice growth. Also, don't forget to subscribe to Dr. Christie's Modern Desk Jockey podcast and share it with your desk-sitting patients. In the Modern Desk Jockey, Dr. Christie provides health and wellness best practices from some of the leading experts in the corporate wellness industry. Remember, chiropractic practice isn't easy, but it shouldn't be overwhelming. Keep leveling up.